the, uh, well, I got the wrong paper out. That wouldn't be good. I don't even know what to say off of that paper. I don't even know what to say off the paper I'm supposed to speak off of, so. <laughs> getting the wrong one would be good. Exodus, the 14th chapter. And I just want to read you something that the Lord just put on my heart a few weeks ago. And uh, I don't know if you've ever asked the Lord this question, but I have been having to ask the Lord, Lord, am I really that hard-headed? Because it seems like the Lord just always just keeps bringing me back to the same thing. And it's always just a remembrance of where God's brought me from. And I think that's good for us. I think for it's good for us to know and to remember where God has brought us from. But I want to read you just a, a couple of scriptures here. Well, we're going to read 10. And uh, that partly is because it takes up more time and I can preach longer that way. And the other way, just, the other reason is just because it just uh, finishes out the, the chapter we're reading here, starting in verse 21. But I want to read you just some common scripture that you all know. This is something that we've taught in elementary uh, classes and the little kids class when Heather and I were pastors there. And this isn't something that uh, maybe has a great revelation to you, but I hope tonight you can take what God's given me in it and that it can uh, just show you some things in your life that God wants to do. Amen? Exodus, the 14th uh, chapter, verse 21. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. And it made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon dry ground, and the waters were a wall upon them on their right and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them in the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning, watch, the Lord looked uh, unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud, and troubled the host of the Egyptians, and took off their chariot wheels, and they drave them heavily, so that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And we're in verse 26. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the hosts of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them, and there remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great, uh, saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord, and they believed the Lord and his servant Moses. If you would bow your heads tonight. Lord, we ask you, Jesus that you just take your words, God, tonight and speak them through my mouth. Lord, let us hear tonight what you have to say to us. Let it just be something that changes our hearts, God. Let us see, Lord, that there's some things, God, that need to be touched in our lives. There's some things that need to be divided in our lives, Lord. And we just ask you to do that in this place tonight. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Some common scripture, and as I said, this is something that we probably teach in, chi in children's class, but the Lord has uh, just been speaking to me. I heard a, a brother uh, kind of preach a message, and just the thought, uh, Brother Josh, I think, said this the other night, just the thought that he said just rang something true in my spirit, and it's just been working over and over and over again, and it just happened to be at the time I was reading this uh, through these passages again, as I am just in trying to endeavor in reading through the Bible again, but as I was reading these scriptures, 
the Lord just revealed back to me again that when God brings us into freedom, when God delivers us, he always makes sure that there's no doubt who it was that made the deliverance. God always makes sure he, there's no doubt in anybody's mind who it was that did the delivering. Because you and I cannot deliver ourselves from the life of our past that we once lived in. The Israelites could not deliver themselves from the, the hand of the Egyptians, and they needed something to deliver them. They needed somebody to deliver them out of their, the hand of slavery and bondage that they were in. And we all have found ourselves in that place in our lives where we needed to be freed from the bondages of the things around us, and we could not do it ourselves. But God always brings us to a place. He always takes us when he's delivering us, when he's, he's setting us free. He always makes sure that it's something uh, in a way that he receives the glory for it. God always should receive the glory when you are delivered from something in your life. And God makes it in a way that there is no doubt, there is no question about who it was that did what happened in your life. I know for me, I can look back at my life and say, you know, I had some good influence. I had some people that were telling me some the right way to go, and I was coming to church uh, even a couple times a week when I was allowed to, but I was coming to church, and I was, I was hearing all the right things, but in my heart, I didn't want to do those things, and as I came to church, it began that the Lord began to work in me, and it's the Lord who begins to work in us that helps us, or that takes us to the place of deliverance, and I see the children of Israel were in a place where they could not deliver themselves out of the hand of the Egyptians without a miracle from the Lord. And I want us not to forget tonight that each one of us needed a miracle of the Lord to deliver us out of the place we were in. Because it's important for us just to remember that God brought us from a place and that that's a place we don't want to go back to. Because I see uh, so often in my own life, and, and I don't mean this tonight that we always want to go back into sin, but it's just a, a place of comfort for, for, uh, for us. It was a place of comfort for the Israelites when Moses is leading them out. They, they are always complaining, why did you bring us out here? Why didn't you just leave us there? Why don't we just go back to the Egyptians? The, you have to be mentally off to be able to think that way. 400 years of bondage and you want to go back into it because a little bit of hardship comes upon you when the hardship that's upon you is not even close to the one that you were in. But yet this is where often people find themselves out as they're in a place of hardship saying, Lord, why'd you bring me here just to let me die here in the wilderness? And I believe that God's plan is always the right plan. I believe God's way is always the right way. And in these scriptures, the children of Israel, right before they go here, the children of Israel, when they begin to get delivered, have a way which they think God should deliver them. But God's way is always the best way. And God's way was not the way that the children of Israel thought that they should be delivered. And God takes them through a hard path. He takes them through the land of the Philistines and he takes them to the Red Sea. And sometimes God takes us to a place where we don't understand why we're going there. But God always sees the bigger picture. God always sees the way that he's going to receive the glory for it. And God always is taking you to a place where you're going to come humbly before him or run away from him with all your might. He always delivers us in his ways. You can't deliver yourself. You couldn't deliver yourself. And you can't stay in deliverance without Jesus. It's only him that brings us to a place of freedom. When God delivers us, he leaves no way back to the past. And this is the picture that the Lord painted for me as I was looking at the Egyptians as they went through the Red Sea. Because there's so many different ways that God could have uh, had them escape from the Egyptians. 
I mean, go around the sea would have been a good way, right? Like, I mean, okay, Lord, we're stuck here between the Egyptians and the sea. Now what do we do? Okay, let's go around. But God didn't have it that way. God had a way and a plan designed so that the children of Israel would know that he was the one giving them deliverance, but he also had a way that left them no way back to the place they were coming from. And I think this is where God has us in our lives, is that God takes us from a place to a place, and he tries to leave no way back to that place that he's delivered us from. It's us as human beings that always make the way back to that place, but God is always taking us through a way that we can't go back to where we were. Listen tonight, those people who have come to know the Lord and have walked back there, it's not because Jesus made a way. It's because they made a way back to that place. And the only way we find ourselves not right with God is because we have made our way back down a path that God did not intend for us to walk down. And God is a proceeding God, and I love that about our Lord as he's always moving forward and never looking back. Listen tonight, I don't think that we should forget about where we've come from. I think we should just not spend any time looking back there that we should be looking forward to where the Lord is taking us. Amen. I have to read my notes because I can't read my writing very good, so you got to give me a second here. As I was saying, we are the ones who leave this line of communication open. We're the ones who leave a way open to the old life. God cuts it off, and we seem to mend it and make it again. If you would, we seem to make bridges Back to the old life. I could see the children of Israel, if they had the means to, they probably would have went back to the Red Sea and tried to build a, sea, a, a bridge over the top of it so that they could get back into Egypt because they didn't trust what God's plan was for their lives. And what I'm saying tonight is that God's telling us is that don't look back to build a bridge to go back to the old life, but look forward to what God's promise is for our life. Because when God takes us there, he means for us to be there. And he does not mean for us to go back there ever again. We love that old song, I'm not going back, I'm never going back. And I love that song, and I know when we sing it, we mean it, but sometimes we build bridges back to the old things in our life that just keep us in touch with things that we need to not be in touch with. We're the ones who keep in touch with the old life. God has crucified it in Christ. We heard that this morning, that we have crucified there, he hung on the cross. God has crucified our old man in Christ, and we're going to read that scripture here in a little while, but he has not intended for us to ever go back to the old life. Don't go back down the old road. If I was going to title my, my message tonight, I'd say, burn the bridge. Because the bridges only lead us back to the place where God's took us from. See, because God's not going to use a bridge to get you to the next place you're going. A bridge is too easy. And you could build a bridge. Man can build bridges. Man has spent a lot of years building bridges. Suspension bridges. And bridges across waterways. And bridges that now open and can close by the touch of a button. Men has spent a lot of time building bridges. God's not going to do it the way that man could do it. When God promises that he's taking us somewhere, he's going to do something miraculous and in a way that only he could do. Don't leave me tonight, because God's looking for us to go to the promised land. And maybe that's here. I don't know what it, I'm, I don't mean like an actual promised land, but I mean that he's, he's wanting us to go with him wherever he goes. And that's the promise. That was the promise of Moses and Abraham, is to go where the Lord is going to be. And there the people of Israel were in his promise. And God wants us to stay there. And God's going to take us there in a way that he is the one who receives the glory for it. 
You're not going to get to a place in God where you made it there yourself. You're not going to get there on your own, but you're going to get there because God decided to do something miraculous in your life. As miraculous as taking your life from a life of sin and making it whole again. But I like that as the Egyptians were coming through the Red Sea, just another thing that the Lord was working and showing me as I was reading through this, as it, God never leaves a way for us to go back to the old life. He decimated that path. He wiped it out. He made it the Red Sea again. But he also did another thing when he closed up the Red Sea. And every one of those people who was trying to drag the, Egypt, or the Israelites back to Egypt were wiped out of their life. Every one of the people who pursued God's people was wiped out of the face of the earth. It says not one of them survived the, the crossing of the Red Sea because God, if you're following after him, is going to take those who are pursuing you and trying to drag you back to the old life and he's going to wipe them away as long as you are facing where God's taking you. God wants to wipe out the remembrance of everything in our past. God wants to wipe out everything that could take us to a remembrance of the old ways of our lives. See, there's a lot of people, and a blessed brother that I have known recently just come to the Lord, and, and I saw such potential in him, but he didn't want to draw a line. He didn't want to burn the bridge between him, his life in Christ and his life in the world. And it, I'll tell you where it leads you when you don't burn the bridge. It leads you right back to the world. I'll tell you where, what happens when we don't burn the bridge between us and sin as it takes us right back to sin again. And some of us need to go ahead and burn some bridges in our lives. Listen, don't build a bridge out of the name of peace. Don't build a bridge in the name of the Lord. Don't build a bridge in the name of kindness. Because God doesn't need you to build a bridge. God can do what God wants to do. What God needs you to do is follow Him and to trust in Him. And watch what God can do. God is a preceding God looking forward to us getting into His promise. I want to take you to 2 Peter the uh, second chapter. Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 20 and 21. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them to have not known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn away from the holy commandment delivered unto them. I don't know if it can get any more simple for us. God doesn't want us going back. It would be better for us to have never known the Lord at all than to know the Lord and walk back over across the bridge that leads to our old life. And listen, tonight I, I just felt this in my spirit is that sometimes it's not a, a thing of sin in our lives. It's just something in our life that is not good for us. It's just something that maybe it's a distraction, maybe it's, a, maybe it's just a, a friendship, but whatever it is, God wants you to burn the bridge from it, and you need to burn it now. Because when we stand on the bridge, we're going to cross. Bridges are meant for use, and we don't need to be using any bridges that take us to the old life. God does not want any bridges, period. It's, God is ready for us to start burning down some of the bridges that we've built, he doesn't care why we built them. He wants them gone. He doesn't care who's on the other side of the bridge. He wants it gone. So many times I've watched people keep a bridge to the old life open because they were afraid to hurt people's feelings. 
I'm going to tell you what, the Lord was not afraid to hurt people's feelings. The Lord was not afraid to hurt people's feelings. And the people that are in our lives who care about us, trust me, are on this side of the bridge. And the ones on the other side of the bridge, God can make a bridge for them to come over, but he does not intend for us to go back over on that side of the bridge to get them. God's the deliverer, not us. When God gives us a word, we speak it, but God does not call us to go back into that place to draw people out. He will bring them, and he will receive the glory for it. I love this about the Lord. He doesn't ever give us a chance to receive glory for it. Salvation comes by Jesus Christ alone, and it does not come by what you do. Do people see our lives? Yes. Do they hear our words? Yes. But Jesus Christ is the one that draws them near unto them. Psalms 103 and verse 12. It says, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. I read that scripture and I thought to myself, Lord, it's because you don't want us to build any bridges. You don't want us to build any bridges. If the, if the east is from the west, if you think about just our topography of the world, the world there's a, a great span of ocean between the east and the west, and there's no bridge that connects them. There's no bridge that goes between them. And I think it's a reason that God doesn't want us to connect back to our transgressions. God does not want us to build a bridge. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, in verse 17, you don't have to go there, we'll just read it. <clears throat> Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. For old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God's working in the new. He's not working in the old. God is working in the new. I was, uh, I was looking at bridges when the Lord put this on my heart, and I did a little, uh, a little research, and Dustin is good at history stuff, and I'm not, but I'm going to give you a little bit of history right now because I thought it was interesting. History is interesting to us, right? Anybody know who, the Diesel Horse Bridge in Reading over there on Court Street? So I did a little, I did a little research on that because I just uh, that we see that bridge. We did our ministry right down there by that bridge every Friday night. Um, it was named after the man who owned it, Gottlieb Diesel Horse. He owned the property on both sides of the river, and uh, so they named the, the bridge after him. It was for a short time, it was called Reed's Ferry Bridge because there was a, there was a ferry that crossed the river right there where the Diesel Horse Bridge is, and it was called Reed's Ferry. And so for a short time, it was called Reed's Ferry Bridge, but then it was changed to Diesel Horse uh, Bridge. Um, in 1977, the last remaining member of the Diesel Horse family sold that bridge and the property, which was 80 acres, to the city of Reading so that they could make a park there. In 1997, that bridge was condemned and not uh, able to be used by cars anymore. And in case you were wondering, that was the first bridge ever built across the Sacramento River that connected Shasta County to the Wairika stage line to the north. I thought those facts very interesting. And now this bridge has been left as a pedestrian and bike bridge to help us remember the past. But this is what we do in the physical with bridges. is when a bridge is no longer deemed passable, we build bigger, stronger ones. And so often in our spiritual lives, when the bridge isn't up to our par, up to our speed, up to our standards, we just build bigger, stronger ones that connect us back to the old life. And this is not how God wants us to be. God doesn't want us building more bridges. 
God wants us tearing them down. Should we remember the past? Sure. But we should be looking forward to the future. When God is taking us somewhere, He'll make a way. When God is taking us somewhere, He'll make a way. Don't, don't fret over the way God's going to take you. Because God's way is always the best way. Stop planning for God to fail. These are reasons why we build bridges. Stop planning on God failing because God's not going to fail. Rodney said it so many times today, God wins. He wins. You don't have to build a bridge. You don't have to have an escape route in case things don't work out serving Jesus. You don't need an escape route. The only thing you need to do is trust in Jesus. The only thing we need to do in this day and age is follow after Jesus. There's nothing for us to fear. There's no reason for us to believe that God's going to fail. It's been 2,000 years where kingdoms have come and kingdoms have fallen, but there's been one that's lasted through it all. And that's the kingdom of the Lord, which you are a part of. Amen. You don't need a monument to remind you of your past. You want a monument to remind you of your past? Look in the mirror. You want a monument to remind you of your past? Look, in, look at yourself in the mirror. Because a lot of us would look at ourselves right now and say, man, I would not look like this if Jesus had not saved me. I would be a lot more aged than I am right now. We say, I've heard so many people say, I've seen people that are my age that I went to high school with, and I think, what have you done to yourself? Because you look like you're a lot older than what you are. Because that's what the world does to us. Look at yourself in the, room here, in the mirror next time you need to remind yourself where God has brought you from. That's the only monument we need. Let me end and just close with this tonight. When God takes his people into his promises, it takes all his people working together to protect the promise. It takes all of his people working together to protect his promise. When God took the Israelites into the promised land, I noticed that on one side of the river he placed two and a half tribes of his people. Because where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst. And on the other side of the Jordan River, he places the other tribes so that they also have other brothers and sisters to rely upon. And I feel like in this time, in this day and age, there's no greater time for us to draw close as brothers, as sisters, as people of the Lord. And the only thing that we have to do, that God has commanded us to do, is to follow after him. The only thing God wants us to do is to stand strong on Him together. Upon His name, upon His word, and upon His promises. It's not man. It's not you. It's not me. It's Him. And when the people, when the children of God stick together, God's promises cannot be broken. No matter how strong the enemy is, they cannot come against God's kingdom when they stick together. Amen? Amen. Bless you tonight.